With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zach trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Carl slammed it home. Garland upstairs. Oh! Sexton inside. A thunderous dunk. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media Family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. We finally got our first look at the new look Cavs, both the good and the bad. Two preseason games in the books, regular season just a week and a half away. And joining me today to discuss it is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? There were two games? I I, I only remember one, um, the, <laughs> the, the season preseason opener against the uh, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, last night and it was uh, it was uh, a barn burner it was a lot of fun and as far as i'm concerned that's when the preseason started the Cavs' dominance of the atlanta hawks continues after going two and one last season they got another win we're we're up three one in the series and as we know nothing goes wrong after that Mm -hmm. On on a serious note, I think we should start by clarifying exactly what preseason is. Preseason is a continuation of training camp. They are training camp scrimmages against the second team. So I I think in either direction, I think it's important to temper expectations, understand that guys are experimenting with things. It's not necessarily going to be reflective of the regular season. But that being said, I think there are still things that you can look both positive and negative from these first two games and and start to extrapolate it. And uh, especially when it lines up with some of your preconceived notions, both good and bad, um, I, I think preseason can be informative in those ways. I think that's a real buzzkill way to start the pod, man. (laughs) <laughs> it all it all matters and it's all super important especially the good stuff um and you know it was fun though i will say let's just kind of start off with the with the big picture here it mm-hmm. was fun to see the Cavs back obviously the bulls game was kind of a nightmare to be honest and like if right. you came in uh worried about the spacing worried about the youth you're talking about those preconceived notions like woof, there they were you know uh you know i uh we ain't in camp anymore. That's the kind of vibes, uh, you know, that you kind of got out of that first game. So the fact that they came into the Hawks game, and sure, there's no Trey Young, but, uh, you know, they came into the Hawks game with a much better, you know, like, like oh, forgot that we're not playing against our friends and teammates anymore. This is, uh, these are teams that are out to kill us. Yeah, um, and in those first two games, like, the, the thing that jumped out to me in the Chicago game was, 
oh yeah, some of these guys haven't played since May. And then you got guys like Ricky Rubio and Zach Levine that looked a little bit sharper than everybody else because they had played in the Olympics. They had played meaningful basketball recently. And uh, I mean, Chicago looked awesome. Like that that's a team <laughs> that yeah. I I am trying not to uh to fall into uh overreacting uh but I'll tell you what the part of me that likes being right was like oh they look pretty good and I was pretty sure they were going to look pretty bad so yeah, I, I mean, I, I think everyone recognizes that Chicago has the potential to be a really good offensive team. I thought it was going to take some time, and it still might. I mean, it's preseason, and let's be honest. And the Cavs against... were not playing, and the Cavs were not playing good basketball. Right. It, it was funny because it was almost as though they had came out, like, cocky. Like, the, there was a lot of really sloppy plays early, like they were trying to be fancy. Uh, Garland kind of forcefully whipped a pass behind Allen's head a, a little fancy, I, I think, on the first play of the game. And, and things kind of devolved from there. But my one impression from the first two games, something that jumped out right away, and if you're talking about confirming biases, oh my god, we were right about Evan Mobley. <laughs> yeah, well, Evan's funny is... Evan Mobley is an incredible basketball player. Well, and what's funny is we were right in a lot of ways. You know, he we were right also in the sense that uh, he, you know, his, his flaws definitely also showed through. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I was texting a, a family member about him. And I said, that was the best 8.12 rebound game I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh my! God. <laughs> like I mean, just the the defensive plays were just jumping off the page in a way that, like, you know, it it's easy to say, like, okay, yeah, he's going to be a long, it's going to be a while, he's going to be a project on that end of the ball and, and on both ends of the ball, and he's and he's not going to be a perfect defender, but like, man, just the splash plays on defense were bananas. Yeah, it's funny because some of his best plays defensively came off him doing the wrong thing. Like he unnecessarily left his feet or uh, he closed out a, a little too hard and let a guy get by him. And all of a sudden he had just recovered. He, he recovered. He contested. He blocked a shot. He pulled it out of the air. I think one of his blocks got credit as a steal because it never even became a shot attempt. Uh, like the stuff that he is able to do defensively, it, it jumps off the screen. Like he looks like a number one overall pick when he's out there like he looks like that type of talent and uh i I don't know if you've been watching jalen green and and some of the other rookies but yeah they're living up to the billing right now and and mobley's really really exciting i will say there are still i I think we shouldn't under understate that there are some warts still i mean the 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 handle isn't quite perfect yet the you know he he's getting crunched a few different times i mean the the shooting i mean the you know the 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 scoring isn't really there yet um i think i'm I'm primarily talking about his defense his defense is better than i expected this early on i would definitely agree i mean the the fact that like there are like there were a lot of plays where kevin herter who is a sneaky very good off the off the bounce player uh, got him switched on to him and was thinking he had you know he had something to say about it and he just didn't like there was just no opening and you know uh last night uh the caruso step back or, i'm sorry the first game the caruso step back that was just like a nope not mm-hmm. just i mean i think he might be near the top of the league and block jump shots oh. um early on and like part of that's going to be guarding perimeter players as much as he's going to playing the four but part of that's just he's got timing and he just surprises these people with his length 
Yeah, and you can tell he's a little bit stronger too, like compared to preseason. Uh, they said it during the first broadcast that he added 11 pounds since preseason, which already showing some veteran savvy, not rounding like down to 10 or up to 15, because that's kind of the, the preseason cliche. Every player that needed to add weight gained 10 to 15 pounds of lean muscle, and every player that needed to lose weight lost 10 to 15 pounds. 11 makes it just a little more believable because it's that such block. a specific number. <laughs> so that, I, 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 I credit credit him for the veteran savvy there but man like what he does defensively really really does jump off the screen uh that dunk that he had that poster dunk against atlanta like for a guy that wiry to be that strong that's some real core strength like that he is showing off a lot of strength for the weight that he has and the other thing that jumped out to me is he's rebounding the ball pretty well like that yeah. that's one of the things that really needs to be there for him especially if you're going to be playing him uh with Laurie Markin in a little bit in the second unit and whatnot and and playing him without Jared Allen and real small sample size the year of course uh but his defensive rebound rate is around 30 percent uh just under 30 percent when Allen is off the floor it, it's good when it, he's with him as well um and, and that's a that's an encouraging sign that's the type of stuff you want to see because it allows you to do other things offensively it allows you to play him with different lineups and uh, I think all of that is a really really encouraging and, and probably one of the most encouraging things that we've seen in the preseason and this is, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to save this one, but we're, we're already here. You're talking about playing with Mark and I do feel like, you know, the, it was, uh, it was clear uh, that uh, John, John and AC wanted to talk about him playing with Jarrett and on defense. I think that pairing looked really good, but like, Oh my goodness. Oh man. When, when Obley, when Mobley got to play the, the five uh, defensively uh, with, with either Kevin or Lori, Oh, man, his offense, that's really where he started to kind of shine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that second unit uh, with Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, uh, Sexton, Mobley. Like, they I love were... some, uh, some pretty good names for a second unit, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like, it, it's such a stark difference from last season where the second unit was one of the biggest weaknesses on a team with quite a few weaknesses. Uh, the, the fact that you can roll those guys out and you have some veteran savvy out there. I, I thought Ricky Rubio, uh, I guess if we're talking second unit, we need to talk Rubio. Uh, outside of three-point shooting, he's doing absolutely everything right out there. Like He's pushing the pace. He makes such smart passes. Really, really one of the most gifted passers in the league. He gets easy buckets off his ability to get to the rim uh, and a couple easy layups every game. Uh, The headman passes really make a big difference. And there's so many things from his game that I would love to see kind of Garland implement into his own game and, and pick his brain. And that was something that really jumped out to me is just the intelligence that Ricky brings to the table when he's out there. That's something that the Cavs really, really missed last season. Yeah, I mean, Ricky is, uh, he's clearly looked like, I mean, I would argue he's looked like the best guard on the floor um, through the first two games. I wouldn't go that uh, far. I think think Darius Darius has shown some, I mean, Darius had a really rough opener. (laughs) That's the only reason I say that is, you know, in, in the aggregate, I thought Ricky was one of the people that was keeping the Cavs in the game before the lid blew off. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think he's better than Darius Garland. I just think he played better uh, in the first two games in, in aggregate. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the way he organizes the offense, the way he uh, is, is like, really showing that point of attack defense. I will say this, Justin, and I didn't like it in, uh, in theory. I don't like it in practice. I'm not super into the Darius-Ricky combo minutes. That, Your thoughts? That- 
that was something that jumped out to me. Darius has absolutely no idea what to do with him yet. Like that, it's very clear well, that he has never played. Thing. He has if, never if, played if, with a point guard before, like on, on the floor. We've never really had a two point if guard. If Darius line. really was what Tim McMahon said he was, which was an undersized two guard, which was ridiculous uh, from Jump Street. But mm-hmm. if he really was that, then it would make sense. But Darius doesn't really want to play the two. I don't think. I don't think that. I don't think that fits his uh, his his basketball brain. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I think it's. I, I think that. Go ahead. He can. I think he's. I think he's smart and capable, and will learn how to do it. But you know, that's why that pairing didn't particularly appeal to me because it's just like two dudes who all they want to do is set the table for other people, and it's like you it, with this Cavs team, you need dudes to fire away. Yeah, and the reality is, comfortable or not, that is a pairing that's going to get minutes together this season. And Darius, it's important yeah, for it, his it, development. It's important for his development to learn how to play off of a guy that has the ball in his hands. I, I thought he showed growth last year playing off ball off of Sexton, but that's a different dynamic than someone that's actually initiating the yeah, offense. Yeah, in the sense that one isn't sense. actually a point guard. <laughs> right, right. So yeah. I, I think yeah, it's, Darius, it's really important uh, that Darius kind of changes his mentality when they are out there together, because that's a real good opportunity for him to get some easy shots, to to get some off-ball looks, catch-and-shoot opportunities. Um, I, I think that that's something that, as the season progresses, you want to see more development from those two. That's obviously something that it's probably tough for Darius to even practice for that, because in the offseason, he's probably working on being that lead ball handler being the leader on the floor initiating the offense he doesn't have a lot of off-season training where he's working with another point guard and playing off ball so there's going to be a learning curve associated with that Uh, but that was definitely something that was noticeable to me is that there was a little bit too much standing around from Darius when those two were out there together and he needs to recognize what that opportunity is which is a chance to get some easy catch and shoot buckets if he gets into those passing lanes because if you get open on the perimeter Ricky Rubio is going to find you yes 100% couldn't agree more I also would like to victory lap on a, on another pairing that you hated and I liked I thought love and Lori looked all right together in terms of how how the how they worked on offense man okay uh, in terms of how they worked on offense, you hated sure. it you hated it you hated it and I'm telling you it's not terrible it's, it's not, not the- perfect but it's not terrible because Love actually was working pretty damn hard on defense in those lineups. This actually takes me to one of my takeaways. And it's still preseason. I don't think you should change things up just yet. But when you look at that starting lineup, I, I think everybody had some concerns offensively about Okoro, Mobley, and Allen together. I think it's messed up that you're... I, I, I think it's... Can I just notice messed up that you're segueing off my point to a huge discussion without even acknowledging it? I'm I'm listen, you know me. We we've been doing this together. I looked, we have done three hundred and thirteen podcasts together. You should know the way that I rule, which is one is ignoring your good points <laughs> if they are telling me that I was wrong in the past. Two, sometimes I will wrap it back around to that. That pairing was not as bad as I thought they would be, but it also kind of made me think mm-hmm. about that starting front court, which I think everyone thought, okay, if the spacing is really bad, maybe Laurie Markkinen uh, will start at the four. You bring Mobley along a little slower. Mobley and Allen look really good together defensively. And when you're playing with Sexland out there, you want to have that interior presence. Like, even against Chicago, 
those four together had like a hundred defensive rating. Like Chicago was hitting every single shot. They were not hitting shots when those four were out there together. Again, incredibly small sample size. But I think where I'm starting to go with this is Okoro might need to move to the bench. Like I, I think you might have to examine. There isn't. If you you're obviously going to continue trying this throughout preseason, maybe even into the season, and Okoro needs to be better because he was invisible out there. Uh, he, he was not being a server enough offensively. Every time he has an open three, not invisible against Atlanta. I thought. I thought it, against Atlanta, he was much better. He he had moments. He had moments, but for the most part, when he was with that unit, I I thought it was ineffective. I thought the the spacing was off. The offense wasn't flowing, and it may be beneficial to have someone like Jetty Osman out there. I know people are going to hate that, but at least someone that's been historically more comfortable with the starters. He's more capable of hitting a jump shot. Um, Okoro looks better with the ball in his hands, and he's going to have more time to do that with the second unit. If he's shadowing Laurie and Love and, and basically only playing when one of those guys is on the floor, I'm not advocating for him to lose his minutes. I think he should play the same number of minutes. I just think he should be out there all the time with one of those guys on the floor because that spacing in the front court with at least one big man that can shoot is going to be really important for this team to have a functioning offense and, and to get out and go. Like, I, I think that that might be a conclusion that they get to because if Mobley is this good defensively, that's going to, it's going to increase your margin for error uh, playing this young, young team. And I, I just don't see how you move them to the bench. I I get it, man. But like, it's just a matter. The reason you start Lori, if that is where you're at and I'm and like let's let's first just talk about the starting one. Before we talk about solutions, let's talk about whether it works or not. I'm not sure it works right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's so cramped. It's so so very cramped. And if you think these turnover numbers are going away, uh, I am worried that they're not you know, mm-hmm. with that group um, specifically. There's not enough room for them to operate. And you're right that Okoro and Mobley are a tough pairing right now, especially. If Collins three isn't going, um, which it kind of comes and goes at, at, at points, mm-hmm. um, and the the problem here is really your backup four is Laurie Markin, who you just paid sixteen million dollars a year to, or whatever the reported number is, and your backup three is Jetty Osman or Lamar Stevens, neither of whom are actually reliable shooters that uh, have any real gra- gravitational pull. The only reason, in my opinion, you can justify benching Isaac is for if Dylan Wendler were to take off, and he hasn't even been in the rotation thus far. I have my mm-hmm. theories on that that I'm going to share as we get later into the podcast. But right now, is it because uh, they played I, a back had, to back? Jeez, <laughs> uh, oh, um, uh, no. Uh, but like, you know what I'm saying is like, they, if that if their backup three was someone with gravity, like let's say Torian, Torian Prince was still around then it would make a little more sense to me. Um, I just don't think Jetty is solving those spacing issues and adding very little in the way of defensive uh, flexibility either. So right. like, but so like if you're defense... going to, if you're going like either you're going to roll with the punches with the starting lineup. So they get comfy with one another and start to figure it out, uh, which I think is going to be a longer process than I thought, or you gotta be, you gotta consider Lori Markinen. But, you, but Jetty Osman is not the answer to a starting to the starting lineup, in my opinion. 
I, I, I think the solution is more likely to come from the small forward position because I, I don't have problems with what Mobley and Allen are doing. Like when I, I look at the congestion, when I watch the film, like I, I don't think it's because of that pairing. I, I think yes, but the solution do... isn't there right now. I, there I don't is know. a there is a workable solution at the power forward position that is at least a band aid, whereas the small forward position you got bigger problems there. If Okoro doesn't fit. Right. But ultimately we are talking about, and this may speak towards what you're saying of, you might just have to kind of take some lumps early on while they figure things out. Like, Okoro, I, I think that's obviously, where I lean, by the oh, way. Well, yeah, that that's what I anticipate. I'm just kind of projecting down the road. I think for preseason and, and but what, to start what off would the you season, do? If, but if you're coaching the team, what would you do? I mean, I would write it out for now. Like, Okoro just needs to to play better right now. Like, that's you're you're going to give him the opportunity to do that because he contributes in so many other ways. And as you mentioned, like as the game progressed against Atlanta, he got more comfortable. He played better. Um, I'm going to give him that opportunity. I'm saying down the road, like, I I think I would rather go at least try. Jetty in the starting lineup if this continues to go this way because as I said he has been more comfortable historically in the starting lineup I think with the Sexland backcourt out there you want to have Tower City you want to have Mobley and Allen out there and yeah Jetty has been a very streaky shooter but he is still a better shooter than Okoro right now and maybe you're hoping that I don't care Justin it's not about the percentages it's about the gravity people don't guard Jetty that's fine. That's the problem. It that's he fine. Does, it doesn't solve the leads, problem then. But, it's not fine then. <laughs> no, it, it is fine because if that is leading to Jetty Osmond being left wide open, you get him the ball. If he misses those shots, then you, you move on from that. I'm I'm saying that might be something that you may want to try eventually. If Okoro is still playing those same number of minutes, shadowing Love and Laurie out there uh, with at least one spacing big throughout the game. Maybe, like, I, I just think Mobley brings more to the table than Okoro does. That's basically what I'm I'm getting at. Like, I, I think he, he's a more impactful I, I totally hear right it. Off the bat. I totally hear it. And to be clear, this is, I, I, I totally understand your rationale. I just don't like your solution. Like, that's really what it comes down to is like, Oh, nobody's going to like my solution. Love... There, there is nobody on earth when they're listening to this podcast. They're like, yeah, you know what? Justin is making such a popular point here that Jetty Osmond needs to get, get Okoro and, off the court. <laughs> and to be yeah. clear, that is not my argument. I, my argument is not right now. Oh, you got a knee jerk reaction to this. Like, no, let let Okoro get his reps in here, man. Like the, these guys, they are still learning how to play with one another. You're going to invest in, in these guys. You're going to give them the opportunity. I'm saying down the road, that might be something that you come to. Like, I, I just think if I'm looking at that front court, why it doesn't work has more to do with the small forward position than the bigs. And you're you're right that the easier solution I would agree with that right is now. Laurie Markinen because he is at least an established player. It's his fifth year in the league. He can shoot. You don't have the options at small forward. This is where it really hurts that the kind of trade targets we talked about, like guys like Joe Ingles, Joe, guys like Terrence Ross, they didn't get moved. They weren't uh, available enough on the market yeah. because adding someone like that, that would be the, the very easy solution in this scenario because Evan Mobley is looking, holy crap, good. Yeah, which is funny because if you aren't, it is funny with that because if you looked at just the box scores, you'd be like, he does not look holy crap good. But like, that's why he you watch the game. Good. You see, <laughs> yeah, you see the potential. And 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you there. Um, it is a it is an interesting challenge though. I do mm. want to talk about Dylan though, because oh, we're because we're we can transition to the back of wings a little bit better. Um, I, if if you are a just if you have a, a discerning eye like myself, um, you know a, a basketball savant, if you will, mm-hmm. you might have noticed that in the first game, Jetty got all the backup three minutes. In the second game, Lamar got all the backup three minutes with a very small dose of Jetty. Mm-hmm. I think. I am willing to venture a small wager that Dylan Windler gets the backup three minutes in in the third preseason game. I, Your I thoughts think that's on that a theory? Very smart bet. Like I, I kind of felt that that is where this is heading. That okay, we're giving each of these guys an opportunity. Kind of, it felt like some auditions. It felt like auditions, and I do think Windler, like not playing at all against Atlanta, did also have to do with it being a back-to-back. Like you're not going to overwork the guy. Uh, the Cavs are, are playing more preseason games than most teams as well, uh, five instead of the four. So uh, you, you got some time to, to play around with this. I would definitely advocate for that because let's let's see what Dylan Windler looks like when he's playing alongside some of the starters. Like that again is probably the best solution like if he works out like i i remember when the Cavs uh with lebron were starting joe harris for a while because they just needed some spacing at the shooting guard position and harris wasn't the player that he is now uh not not close to it but just being a guy out there never forget not- david blatt playing that guy like 47 straight minutes at the end of game <laughs> <laughs> but like just a guy that that is a threat to space the floor like i i think absolutely if he's ready for it i that's one of the things that when we're looking at the remaining three preseason games here, I'd love to see Windler get that opportunity just to see how it meshes, how it clicks. Uh, do do they have good chemistry with him? Like, uh, I, I definitely I'll think tell you your what, theory I, of if, auditioning if is a smart one. And it, and I think it's a bit of wishful thinking um, because you know you've seen some good preseason pieces on Dylan. Uh, you you hear that he's looking pretty good and active and feels healthy and. You know, theoretical Dylan Windler remains the best three on the roster, not named Isaac Okoro. Right. Um, I mean, by you've several heard the degrees term of camp magnitude. Standout. You've heard the term camp standout by yeah, Chris yeah, Theodore yeah. when it comes to Windler. Like, you would anticipate, if that is the case, that, yeah, he's going to get a crack at this at some point in the preseason. Yeah, totally. So, like, if that's not the case, then, you know, it's a little disappointing because I think we all want Dylan Windler to win this job. Yeah. In fact, we want him to be the ninth man so you don't have to play 10 men. I think that's, isn't that fair to say? Like, we would love for this to be a nine, nine, team, nine player rotation. Yeah. Because when you go beyond nine, you're really doing it because you don't really trust nine. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and, I will or, say, or, or, you, or you're beat up or something like that. So, like, I don't know. I just, I really am rooting for Dylan to get some run and to see if, you know, how how he looks playing with rotational players because all of his run has really been with the the end of bench guys to, at the, at the end of blowouts, right? And, and you would assume that with Garland, Sexton, Mobley, Allen, like those guys, you're asked to do a lot less, <laughs> and uh, you you would assume that that would be a better position for him where his game's a little more simplified. He just has to make the right play take open shots when they're there he's going to get more open shots with that group so you're you're absolutely hoping that he gets that opportunity and looks good in it uh, i did think lamar stevens looks can, good. can i ask you a can i go ahead uh I, before we move off dylan because i do want to use this as a springboard what is it, it, let, let's assume dylan is you know is the ninth man or a tenth man he's in the rotation 
what is the best lineup the Cavaliers can run out to support Evan Mobley and Evan Mobley alone? Ooh. To support Evan Mobley alone, I'd say probably... I mean, assuming Garland and Rubio gain chemistry together, I think those two with, like, Windler, Laurie, and Mobley would be a lot of fun because that's a, a lineup that can really get up and down the floor. Uh, Ricky Rubio the, the, is, That was my four. That yeah. was my four. And, oh. and, if, and, and the only change I would make maybe is Jarrett for... Um, for Lori, if if you wanted to go oh, with Tower okay. City and and be more defensive, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, like that is like, but it really, it's I think it's a toss up, and I think those are the four, and that's why Dylan Windler matters so much, Justin. <laughs> you don't have to if, whisper it, man. That 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 guy would make such like, a big difference. If, if, he is the theoretical straw that stirs the drink here. He is the one who makes this team make a lot more sense real quick. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and it, it's funny to be saying that about a prospective ninth man. Maybe it's a bad thing that we're saying this about a prospective ninth man, but you know, Here's that's the just thing. the way I see, that's the way I see it. Yeah, it is a bad thing, but at the same time, like when we're talking about, hopefully this team can compete for the plan. So we're talking about, hopefully they can compete for the 10th seed. That doesn't mean an above 500 record. Like we, we gotta keep in perspective what that bar is. It probably means winning like a third of your games and, and like just over a third of your games, you're in the mix and then you make it a plan. You're going to lose more often than you win. So yeah, it, it, it doesn't say great things about this team, but when you really step back and, and realistically assess what the expectations are for the season, yeah, those are the type of issues that plague a team that's looking to compete for the play. Like I, I think that's a, a completely <laughs> realistic expectation here. Yeah, and you know, it just oh, man, I'm just gonna keep rooting for it till oh, till it yeah, doesn't we've, work. We've, you know, we've like spoken, just... we've spoken enough things into existence at this point that I, I think we can do the same with Dylan Windler. Um, I, I just want to briefly say again, I, I think Lamar Stevens looked really well. It's unfortunate that he can't shoot from the yeah. outside because if there's the spacing around him, you see the the path to him getting minutes because not a lot of guys can stay in front of him. He's such a strong player and he's actually got a, a decent yeah, enough mid-range shot playing the three actually yeah well you know the he that was one of the reasons i like the lori love pairing is because you can sneak stevens onto the floor there and while i don't think he's by any means an elite talent he is he can play a little bully ball when he's at the three and we mm-hmm. saw him get a couple buckets that way uh he can be a really switchy valuable defender um yeah. and and kind of be an intangibles guy which this team needs um, and, I'm, I'm holding you know, Lamar I don't Stevens think they should stock. be. I'm I'm absolutely holding some stock in Lamar Stevens. I, I I'm not holding stock. I I uh, but I do think he can add value in the right construct. Um and uh but yeah I, I liked him. It's just the the reality is he's not a, a ceiling raiser for them. No. Um, no. 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 In a way that a Dylan Windler might be. Yeah. He he is. And then Jetty that... feels like the neutral option. You know. Right. Like if Lamar is the highest, the safe floor raising option like he's not gonna mess up and dylan is like the you know the the kind of lotto ticket mm-hmm. and jetty's like the known quantity it's like we know pretty much what we're gonna get i will always stand just a little bit for jetty's playmaking yep. like that the second he ran that pick and roll with evan i'm like i'll bet he's gonna get a lob here yeah <laughs> and he did starter jetty he's starter not jetty a, Carter. he's not he's not a horrific playmaker uh he is not a the jumper is really what has betrayed him as of late. 
I know the decision making can be frustrating to people, especially on the defensive end, but he can run a little pick and roll. I mean, he was the team's freaking point guard for like two months last year. Yeah. And related news, we got Evan Mobley. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Let's let's go to speaking of being able to run the team. Let, let's talk about the the sex line guards because I mean, those are guys that I don't think we're going to learn a whole lot from in preseason. They, they're not. Yes, they have something to prove, but they're not going to prove it in preseason one way or another. Uh, we we did this last year where uh, Garland was just kind of getting other guys involved. Sexton had that awful preseason game against the Knicks, and we all kind of decided, hey, he didn't make the leap. And then Garland came out of the gate averaging like 19 points per game. Sexton looked great, had a, a career year. Um so I, I don't think we're going to learn a whole lot from them. Uh, w- once this starts for real, I, I think we're, we're going to find out what's going on with Sexland. But I do think that there's some interesting things there. Uh, I've noticed that both of them have been competing more on the defensive end. Uh, Sexton, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but he's been uh, dodging some screens. He hasn't ran into the man every single time. Uh, he, he's he's showing more consistent effort on, on defense, and that is a it's a nice sign, right? Like, obviously... They didn't have Trey Young. They didn't have the same weapons that they they always would have had. But they had guys out there. Like, Atlanta's a deep team. They're probably going to be a really, really good team next year. I'm all the way in on them. Um, But I I, I liked what Sexton was doing. By the way, I love that. I want to. This is way off topic, but I'm doing it anyway. I like that I don't think these teams like each other very much. Yeah. Oh, man. There There is a little bit of. There's some, like. That felt. I think uh, it was uh, our our friend Ben from uh, uh, Real Cavs fans uh, was like, "This doesn't really feel like a preseason game right now." Yeah, <laughs> like those teams were kind of going at each other. It was fun. Yeah, it, there there was a, a lot of effort out there, and I I think once the game was still close late, uh, I actually liked the decision for JB Beckerstaff to to keep those guys out there and, and let's let's get some experience end of game situations. Like that's the benefit of having a starting, especially lineup. for anyone who had the Cavs money line. I mean, that's probably that would be great. Oh my God, you are such a degenerate. for anyone who did. You are awful. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought both of the guards are actually looking better defensively. And uh, like when you have two guys back there uh, in Mobley and Allen covering for you, it's going to make things easier. And like we, we've talked about it, like you need to have like they can bring a lot offensively. They can make a big difference. They've always played better off of one another. And if things are clicking with those two bigs, like if that, if they are a way to make that backcourt viable, that is such a bonus for the Cavs because I, I, Darius seems to be living up to, to expectations. Everything is indicating that he's ready to take the next step. Colin gets better every single year. Uh, I thought he was pressing uh, quite a bit so far in the preseason, just kind of, you know, Jack. I don't, shots, I don't think but- either. I'm gonna Go I'm gonna be a, a quick buzz kill. Okay. Your 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 throat's also good. being a buzz I'm kill. I'm gonna be it's... a quick buzz kill. Yeah. I don't think Sexland has played very well. No, I, I don't think they played great. I, your I'm not I'm uh, I'm not too concerned. Uh, no, about I'm it. saying I'm I'm moving towards I, I'm not worried about it, but they haven't played good. Colin has been especially bad. Uh twelve turnovers in two games. Mm-hmm. Uh Darius just was kind of invisible against Chicago. Um in in a kind of depressing way. I mean, he was getting some threes up, which was nice, but it certainly wasn't his best effort. And then against Atlanta, like he was definitely better. I mean, fifteen and seven, no no big deal there. Still a lot of turnovers for him. Um, but like, just you know, I just feel like he is Darius has given me autopilot vibes, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. that's not an insult or a criticism. 
I just I, don't think he's he's either not going all out or or there's like or he's got something else in mind because like nine attempts in a game where he plays 36 minutes I mean you know that's not exactly star volume um no. so uh, I, honestly so I like wouldn't either want to he's see playing him. I think he's playing I, yeah. I'm not saying I wanted to see him it's more I just that's my that's my theory I do not think he is going I do not think he is going into the I don't think he's gone into these preseason games looking to dominate. No. Whether no. that's a bad thing or a good thing, I don't actually care. I, I think he's trying to get other guys involved. Like, he, even in the Chicago game, like, he was getting by guys, no problem. Like, he looks really good physically. Um, I, I think he's just looking to get other players involved. Uh, I think this is a product of it being preseason. Yeah, if this continues in the regular season, you'd obviously have some concerns. But especially as the game got kind of tight late in, against Atlanta, he was being more assertive, like he was looking to get his own shots. He wanted to win that game. And, and that wasn't the case when, when Garland was being his timid self in the past, right? Like uh, he would disappear in the end of those close games. So he was stepping up. I think Sexton's presence is so important, especially in that starting lineup, if they are sticking with that front court, because he is able to get shots against good defense and to hit tough shots. I, I like that he's attacking the rim a little more, getting up, getting some dunks. Uh, but no, he, he hasn't played well yet. He, he turned the ball over too much. Uh, the percentages aren't necessarily there. But at the same time, Colin Sexton isn't someone, him and Garland really, like I don't think they have a whole lot to prove in the preseason, so I'm not too worried about it. What I do like, and you, you alluded not to Not worried story. about it. I just wish it would just be more... Yeah, I. I just want to say, not much to prove, but I do wish they were coming out and making it a no-doubter. Yeah. Uh, it would have been fun. I, I, I'm a little, like, I'm not disappointed or anything, but it would, would have been fun to get to see them cooking. Well, Does that make sense? It, it does I was make like, sense. I was almost the... like, I, I guess my, my brain was thinking, like, the Darius coronation starts now, and it, mm. and maybe maybe it's gonna we're going to wait a bit longer. Yeah, see, I'm I'm like thinking literally it. start of the season. Like, I'm, to be clear, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm not like it, years from now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking it's starting a Wednesday against Memphis. Like that that's kind of been what I've had in my mind because like if he went out there and he took every single shot and everyone else was like standing around watching him and he put up 45 points, like I don't think that necessarily would be indicative of anything. Uh, I do really like that both of them are taking more threes. Like you, you look, 69% of Garland's threes or field goal attempts are coming uh, from behind the three-point line, which is very nice. Uh, was 33% last year. Sexton, 42% up from uh, basically 24% last season. Like they're actually getting up threes. Sexton took eight threes against Atlanta. I like seeing that. Uh, they both passed up threes late in the game against Atlanta. I, I think you want to see them take those. Um, in crunch time, you're going to have kind of your your old habits come out. Like that's one of the things that you have, one of those hurdles you have to overcome. But the fact that they're taking more threes, I think is a really encouraging sign. The fact that they're competing more on the defensive end is an encouraging sign. Like I, I'd rather see them compete on defense in the preseason versus really going out there and trying to dominate offensively. I will say, by that final preseason game, I wouldn't mind one test run uh, with this team. Like two more games of experimenting over the weekend. You get basically the week off. You get time to practice. I'd like to see that last game, similar to like the NFL where you get that dress rehearsal game. I want that to be the dress rehearsal game where let's get a better idea of what these rotations actually are. Let's like let's play the way that you intend to play in the regular season. I, I think that would be kind of my perfect way to see this preseason play out 
yeah i i think i agree i do want to just see it i just want to see it you know i i hope i'm not being uh too big of a diva by wanting it but like yeah it just that's like we all know that darius is the reason this team makes the play in if they do yeah um like we all know that his his taking a leap will do that and you know it's funny we criticized isaac um earlier and uh, him, his, well, and maybe even less about him, but about his archetype in this current starting lineup. How different does that feel if Darius is being super aggressive offensively? Yeah, as opposed and, to you know, uh, and that's why I think it's a reasonable point more for you. Like, I, I think anyone, thing. I think anyone that wanted to see it in the preseason because so much hinges on how he plays this year. I think that's reasonable. I just, you know, like. It's preseason. Like guys aren't going to give full effort. That it is what it is. But ultimately, Darius, it's very important that he understands that in order for this team to click offensively, he needs to be assertive, and that's going to create opportunities for other players. There, there's no other viable path really. Like Colin Sexton is going to get his buckets. He's going to have. I, I think he's going to have a great season. I think he he's going to be more efficient than he was last year because things will be a little bit easier for him, um, and he also just gets better every single year. But Garland's that one guy that when he's clicking, things become easier for Jared Allen. All of a sudden, he, he's getting those easy buckets uh, down inside. Like, it, things will become easier for Evan Mobley. Like, Coral's going to get opportunities slashing off ball. Like, everything comes together when he's assertive. So, I think as things progress, I hope he, he gets a little more assertive in the preseason. But it does seem like right now he's just trying to run the offense, get everybody else involved, and, and develop some chemistry bef- before they head into the year. Couldn't agree more, man. I think uh, I think we solved Cavaliers basketball for everyone. You know, congratulations. We did it. Um, <laughs> I, I do think we should talk about Laurie Markkinen. Uh, the Chicago game did not go well for him at all. Um, nope. I, it got a it's little better. Be, I'm telling you this much. It's going to be frustrating every time a two guards on him. Yep. I, I think that it, just felt bad. I, I think you saw some of the, the good and the bad with Larry Markin and like he can go out there and he can make some really good plays. Um, I, I think he was pressing a little bit back in Chicago. He, he wanted to, to do well there. Um, but you also saw the bad side, like the, the reason why he has not lived up to expectations this year, which he can't take advantage of smaller guards. Uh, I, I think you have to kind of accept that and, and not get the ball to him in those situations because I, I don't think he's going to take advantage of it. Now, granted, Lonzo Ball's stronger than most small guards. He's more of a, a small forward out there. But at the same time, like uh, that has been one of the big issues for Laurie Markin and throughout his career. So um, I, I thought he was better against Atlanta. I think you can see the flashes and the areas where he really helps, like Garland making that that pass to, to him at like the 45-degree angle. Like, that was beautiful. He's a willing and ready shooter. That's something that they really, really need. But you also have to accept the other side of that coin, which is despite his size, he's not going to go out there and do seven-footer things. He, he just isn't. He, uh, he got Levine on him on in the post. I know you remember this play because he went to give him a good, healthy bump, and Levine did not move on inch no and I was like, Ooh. yeah <laughs> that is yeah oh it is not just a, it ain't just because you know some of these bigs it's like a will versus skill thing mm-hmm. and it's like if they just wanted to play bang down low like anthony davis or whatever they would they can just mash dudes um i don't know if he's got the the the, the skill <laughs> you know he's got those physical traits he do- to, he to, to bang with those dudes i mean one thing i do want to say though if you catch the ball on the block that dude is big enough to just to face up and hit a jumper. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, no, like, I, I'm talking like you about don't need like the, to, the to barrel your way to the post. post up. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking like, about like the 19 like, foot post up. Like get duck ins, do 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 you know small small guy ways to get to the rim. You don't have to fight your way down there, but like he can get close and use his touch. Um, mm-hmm. But like the 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 back down, you know, attacking a mismatch on a back down clearly ain't gonna be it. Yeah, and, and honestly, like. This kind of ties into what I was saying earlier about Mobley. The fact that at his weight, like he is very clearly, he weighs less than Laurie Markkinen. The fact that he's able to actually move guys, like when you Some get functional him, strength. Oh my god! Like it, the the stuff that he does, like he doesn't make sense physically. Like I, I'm so excited every single time that he gets the ball. I know it's going to be a work in progress. The uh, the jump shot takes a lot of time to to get off, and sometimes he rushes it, and it's a bad miss. But then there's other times where he, he's got a smaller player on him. He hooks him. He gets by him. All of a sudden, off a live dribble, he's dishing it off to Laurie Markkinen for a beautiful uh, baseline jumper or uh, other smart plays, dunking on guys. Like, you can just tell. Like, the stuff he's already picked up since Summer League, and, and some of this is also just playing with better players, playing with a point guard, uh, just more functional talent around him. But you can tell, like, this is a guy that picks things up quickly. He gets better at the more games that he plays, which has always been his reputation. And I, I just, I can't wait for what the future holds with Evan Mobley. Like, if you're looking for anything from the preseason to really get you excited, it's what this potential can be, like what he can bring to the table. Because, yeah, Darius Garland may be the straw that stirs the drink. He may be the, the vocal leader of this team moving forward. Uh, but it, it's pretty clear what the path is to Evan Mobley being like the holy crap, best player, floor raiser, uh, make this team very relevant in the near future guy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I'm uh, very, very excited to see what we've gotten to see from Evan. And, man, I just want the the Pacers game to come now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm so disappointed. I'm not going to be able to watch that live because there's a there's a bomber game that night. So I'll have to be watching that on Saturday morning. Wow, I, I'm a I'm a, I'm a psychopath, man. The the fact that I'm getting disappointed that I can't watch a preseason game live, um, I, I'm sick. I, I I'm now, realizing now this who, as the words are leaving. Now who mouth. doesn't watch the games, man? Jeez, <laughs> it's still you. It's both of us now. <laughs> now we need a little bit more time before we record our next podcast because neither of us are going to watch. You you can't bluff going off of all my knowledge and insights like you usually. Oh do. yeah, that's what you do. That's what <laughs> I do. I really I really really lean on your expertise. Uh, outside of a Dylan Windler audition, is there anything that you are hoping from from these weekend games that that you can see? Maybe a, a, a wrinkle from the rotations or or something from some player? I want to see a lot more Ricky and Evan pick and roll. Rick and Mobley. Rick and Mobley. Rick and Mobley. There Rick, we go. Rick, Rick. I, I totally agree. I, I want to see more Ricky, Love, and Mobley. I, I, I want to see that. I, I like I like the fact that Kevin Love looks spry out there. The, the oh, fact I've that he's loved Kevin it. Love's minutes. I think he's playing well. Maybe. He's, I am I did I win on it? Could I win on this one? That was that was I I zagged big time compared to the <laughs> the narrative on Kevin. Yeah, I I mean the question uh, is going to be. I'm not counting a win yet, but it's uh it's not a definite loss. And for as big of a zag as I was taking. I'm feeling pretty good about it right now. He's his little his little step back, uh, uh, like twelve footer. Ooh, that's pretty. Ooh. I think the thing you can pretty definitively say is he looks healthier. Like he's moving around well, and, and especially that was on defense, especially on defense. Like, 
when you looked at him with Team USA, like he was still very clearly stiff. Like he looked like he had a board nailed to his back, and, and he's moving around well. He, he's able to create jump shots. He's, um, as you mentioned, moving better defensively. Like the the question with Love now once again returns to how long is he going to be bought in coming in off the bench? Like uh, how how invested is he going to be? But the physical part, at least for now, seems to be answered. Right? Like it, it, he looks better to start the season which is great. That that hasn't always been the case. Hopefully he can remain healthy and uh, hopefully he can keep contributing in this way because there is absolutely a need for what a healthy Kevin Love can bring to this roster. Yes, other guys are being prioritized, but he, he's still a useful player when he is healthy and engaged. Couldn't agree more. It's Millie's bedtime. We got to go, bro. Okay, uh, we'll we'll wrap things up. Hopefully, uh, Kevin Love continues to stay invested. Hopefully, we get that Dylan Windler audition and, of course, Rick and Mobley. Thank you so much to everyone that's tuning in live on YouTube. Remember, like, subscribe, click that little bell so you get notified whenever we go live. If you're listening on podcasts, you can support us by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of the Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com, however you choose to support us we really do appreciate it make sure you guys are staying safe out there and until next time go cats